The sun rises over the San Joaquin Valley, California. Today is March 6, 2020. This week, the United States Preventive Services Task Force, or USPSTF, updated its recommendation for hepatitis C screening to include all asymptomatic adults with no evidence of liver disease aged 18 to 79 years. A one-time screening for most adults is enough, with more frequent screenings in patients with continued risk for hepatitis C infection. There is limited evidence to recommend a screening frequency. Also, COVID-19 is spreading, but not as fast as coronaphobia. The coronavirus is still a hot topic in the media, with over 100,000 confirmed cases and 3,500 deaths worldwide. There are over 250 infected patients and 14 deaths reported in the United States. We'll have time to talk about coronavirus later on in this episode. Welcome to Rio Bravo Q Week, the podcast of the Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program, recorded weekly from Bakersfield, California, the land where growing is happening everywhere. The Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program trains residents and students to prevent illnesses and bring health and hope to our community. Our mission is to seek, teach, and serve. Sponsored by Clinica Sierra Vista, we are providing compassionate and affordable care to patients throughout Kern and Fresno counties since 1971. We are all very ignorant. What happens is that not all ignore the same things. Albert Einstein Hello! Our quote for today is very proper because we are going to try to fight ignorance about a hot current topic. Welcome again to Rio Bravo Q Week. I'm Dr. Ariaza, a faculty in Rio Bravo Residency Program. I'm happy to inform you that our pilot episode was a success. We received feedback and we hope to keep improving. Thanks to all who have supported this project, including Rene Mendizabal and Sheila Toro, two podcasters who gave me technical support. And of course, thank you to Suraj Ambrutia. However, he may edit this later to delete his name. <laughs> Our episode number two is called The Wicked Crown. Do you want to be the king or queen who received this crown? I invite you to listen to the end to find out if you want it, if you want this wicked crown, or you may be surprised. Today, our guest is Dr. Terence McGill. I will say that the, the pronunciation of his last name is a little challenging for me because I always hear Miguel, you know, it's a Spanish name, but it's Miguel. And uh, he's one of our PGY2s who accepted the challenge to talk about coronavirus. Uh, you are very brave. Thank you for being here, Terrence. And um, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, Dr. Miguel, as my patients call me, and just excited to talk about this hot topic of coronavirus. Great. So and the, the question number one, you know, we have five questions that we always ask in this podcast. And uh, we're going to start with question number one. Who are you? So my name is Terrence McGill. I'm a second year resident, born and raised here in Bakersfield, California, where our residency program is located. Some of my hobbies include basketball. I'm a big Lakers fan and enjoy spending time with my family. I have a beautiful new seven-month-old. Yeah, and we have met that baby. He's very beautiful. 
that's she, right? Yes. Okay, you. it's a baby girl. Yeah, she's beautiful. And um, so I'm going to ask you the question number two is what do you learn this week? So this week I learned about coronavirus. Not surprising. It's everywhere in the internet. And I'm glad that we're going to talk about it. So tell us about it, Dr. Uh, Terrence Miguel. What is it? Coronaviruses are pleomorphic single-stranded RNA viruses measuring 100 to 160 nanometers in diameter. The name derives from crown-like appearance due to club-shaped projections surrounding the viral envelope. In general, human coronaviruses are difficult to cultivate in vitro, and some strains only grow in human tracheal organ cultures. The current coronavirus disease outbreak is caused, caused by the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2, also known as SARS-CoV-2. This virus is thought to have an animal origin. The primary source of infection became human-to-human transmission in early January 2020. Yeah, and just a few minutes ago, it was declared a pandemia. So the crown-like appearance of the, the virus is just a clue for the title of this episode. Um, Dr. Miguel, tell us a little bit about the epidemiology of this disease. The coronavirus disease outbreak... COVID-19 began in Wuhan, China in December 2019 and has since spread to 103 countries and territories, including the United States. As of March 9th, 2020, there are 80,000 plus reported cases in mainland China and more than 20,000 cases in locations outside mainland China. 423 cases have been confirmed in the U.S. and 19 deaths have been reported in the CDC. As of the last update on March 9, 2020, at least 13 people died at Life Care Center Nursing Home in suburban Seattle, according to the King County Health Department. A lot of these patients were elderly, elderly or had multiple comorbidities. Public health measures may not be able to fully contain the spread of COVID-19 because of its characteristics. However, they will be effective in delaying the onset of widespread community transmission, reduced peak incidence and its impact on public services, thus decreasing the overall attack rate. Also, it will minimize the size of the outbreak that can reduce global deaths by providing health systems the opportunity to scale up and respond. Vaccines are currently in development, and the containment of the coronavirus will provide more time for vaccines to become manufactured. So vaccines are being manufactured right now. That's a very, that's a very optimistic way to, to finish that part of the, the podcast. But, um, you know, it's, it's seeing the, the glass half full, basically. However, the mortality rate is about 3.4%, which is um, higher than the normal influenza A and B. And um, but yeah, it's very optimistic. So we're gonna talk about being optimistic and being uh, alert about some topics in coronavirus because we know that it's um, generating a lot of panic right now in our population. So um, we're gonna talk about now the the rest of the presentation. Tell us more about um, this coronavirus. Well, the coronavirus has an incubation period that lasts two to seven days. It usually begins as a systemic illness marked by onset of fever, accompanied with malaise, headache, myalgias, and followed by one to two days with non-productive cough and dyspnea. In severe cases, respiratory function may worsen during the second week of illness and progress to frank ARDS, or acute respiratory distress, distress syndrome, accompanied by multi-organ dysfunction. Risk factors for severe disease include age greater than 50 years and comorbidities such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and hepatitis. 
The presentation of coronavirus is very similar to influenza, and all persons aged six months and older should receive annual influenza vaccination. Vaccination will help to prevent influenza and in turn possibly prevent unnecessary evaluation for COVID-19. So there are some symptoms that are common, like you mentioned, but there are some symptoms that are not so common. Some of them are runny nose, sore throat, productive cough, and GI symptoms such as diarrhea or uh, cramp-like pain in the stomach. So if you do labs, you know, the labs are not very specific, but it has been shown that many people, about one-fourth of the patients, they have leukopenia, and 63% of them, they might have lymphopenia. Or some people might have leukocytosis, you know, the opposite. They have a high white count in serum, and usually 30% of people have leukocytosis. So it's not very specific. Um, about 37% of people, they can have elevated transaminases, and 36%, 36% they can have thrombocytopenia. Most patients have normal serum levels of procalcitonin, which is a very common marker that we use for sepsis. Uh, at admission, they have procalcitonin that is totally normal. If you do a chest CT, it has been found that many have bilateral involvement. Um, basically, it's a pneumonia. That they can have multiple areas of consolidation and ground glass appearance or opacities in our typical findings reported by different hospitals so far. So just imagine you have a patient that comes to your clinic and he has symptoms. So when should you test for coronavirus? So in general, you should test if you have any of the symptoms previously mentioned, and a big factor is close contact with confirmed infected patients or travel within 14 days to China, Iran, Italy, Japan, or South Korea. This list may change over time, so contact your local public health department if a person under investigation is identified. Start isolation protocol, take samples from the nasal pharynx, oral pharynx, and possibly sputum will be needed. Also notify immediately the CDC's Emergency Operations Center, or EOC, at 770-488-7100. You know, and since the time we were reading about this coronavirus until now, there has been some updates. You know, the the number of patients has increased, and the number of dead people has increased too. So we understand there is a lot of panic right now, but our role is to teach our residents in our community about the the good things and the bad things about coronavirus. So let's talk about treatment. So there's currently no antiviral therapy available for the coronavirus. So at this time, prevention and containment will be the key. The best ways to stay safe are to wash your hands with soap and water, or alternatively, use alcohol-based hand sanitizers with at least 62% alcohol. Avoid touching your face, as this is an easy way to prevent contact with mucosal membranes. Also, stay up to date on this information by visiting CDC and WHO websites. Man, and ha- that's very hard to avoid to touch your face, right? Yes, yeah, very like hard. We, we try to avoid that, but we always start touching our nose, our hands, and whatever. And if you saw that video that went viral recently, this lady, you know, they saying, don't touch your face. And then she she does that thing with her, her tongue and her, her finger to... <laughs> You know, to pass the page, that was really funny, too. No, I didn't see that. I did see someone got slapped over toilet paper, though. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's happening everywhere. I think it was in Australia, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So talking about hand washing, I think people are becoming more conscious uh, about hand washing now. So um, hygiene is very important, and hand washing cannot be overstated. 
wash your hands for 20 seconds, and people say you can sing happy birthday twice and that's enough time for your hand washing. Use cold or warm water, they, are, they work about the same. Use liquid soap, it's preferred to use liquid soap over the foamy soap or other kind of soap. And uh, wash all surfaces of your hands, you know, including the back of your hands, which is usually missed, and the lower part of your palms is usually missed, too, and around the fingernails. Hand washing is not only a chemical disinfection, but also a mechanical removal of germs. So don't forget to dry your hands because having wet hands can be a, a risk for infection, too, or a risk for spreading the disease. So mask use is something that is very controversial to tell us about mask. Well, not everyone has to have a mask, and there's no need to fight over the latest mask, but you should wear a mask if you are sick or if you are caring, taking care of an infected patient. So, yeah, thank you for clarifying that, because right now there is a lot of people buying masks because they think that everybody has to wear a mask, but only the sick people need to. Yeah, coronavirus is a current cause of nationwide fear and is a persistent headline in the news. It's important for us as providers to be able to educate our patients on the signs and symptoms of the coronavirus and also to identify which patients may be affected by the coronavirus. So, and you just answered my question number three, the why is that knowledge so important for you and your patients? So we have a role as educators in our community and we sometimes are the primary source of information, of reliable information among our patients, among our community, and also among our own family. So that's why this knowledge is so important for you and for me and for our patients. So our question number four is, uh, how do you get that knowledge, Dr. Miguel? So interest in this topic began after hearing from the various news headlines and news leaders regarding updating guidelines on preventing the spread of coronavirus. And where do you find that knowledge? I read on Harrison's Principle of Internal Medicine, CDC, WHO, and also AAFP websites. Those are very reliable sources of information, and especially Harrison's. That's a classic, man. CDC and the WHO, or WHO, are very reliable sources of information, so I invite all the residents and all the people who are listening to us to always use reliable sources of information. There is going to be a lot of information out there, and as we call it, you know, we're in the era of information, but actually we're in the era of misinformation. So make sure that you use reliable sources of information. Uh, give us a summary, Dr. Miguel, about this COVID-19. COVID-19 is a novel acute viral illness that affects the respiratory system. It is transmitted person to person with a mortality rate of 3.4%. Those being elderly or chronically ill places the patients at higher risk of mortality. The preventative measures proven to be effective so far are hand washing and isolation of infected patients. So what are some reasons to be worried about COVID-19? Well, the limited surge capacity of our health system, partial availability of testing, which is improving, limited supply of protective equipment, which may put healthcare workers at risk. So it's very important that the general public avoid panic shopping. And also the vulnerable, vulnerable population at risk. Um, additionally, there's no cure and there's no vaccine at the moment. And what do you think will be a reason to be optimistic about this disease? The reason to be optimistic is definitely that the disease is mild in most people. Children also seem particularly protected from severe disease 
And there's an extraordinary global co cooperation from doctors, scientists, and public health officials all working together. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that information with us. We can end this part of the podcast with a positive note. So be optimistic. There is a lot of panic. There is hope, however. And uh, we hope that we enjoy this, that you enjoy this episode of um, our podcast. And the reason why we call it the wicked crown is because corona is the Latin word for crown or halo. So the coronavirus is a crown that you don't want to get. But if you get it and survive it, you should consider yourself a king or a queen who got crowned with the wicked crown. Thank you so much for listening. Now it's time for Speaking Medical. The medical word of the day is Dermatophagoides baroni. This name doesn't sound very common, but it actually refers to a very common organism, the American house dust mite, ew. Why do we care? Why is this a medical word? Dermatophagoides baroni is a common household allergen known to cause asthma, allergic rhinitis, and atopic dermatitis. The feces of the mites are responsible for the majority of the reactions from Dermatophagoides farinae. Yuck. Even worse, their meal of choice is dead human skin cells that have been shed. So, next time one of your patients complains that their allergies are flaring and they don't know why, think Dermatophagoides farinae. And now, Spanish, por favor, our Spanish word of the day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's section, Spanish, por favor. I'm Dr. Raba, and I'm here to teach you some Spanish. Today's word of the day is cuadril. Cuadril, which actually means the buttocks. People may use this word to refer to the pelvic girdle, and it refers to the area of the lower back, pelvis, hips, and buttocks. The scenario when someone will use it may sound like this. Doctor, ayer me caí y me duele mucho el cuadril. This means, doctor, I fell yesterday and my pelvic area hurts or somewhere in there. This points to a non-specific location since the area that is hurting can be anywhere in the lower back, the sacroiliac joint, the buttocks, hips, or anywhere else in the pelvis. It's a broad term, huh? Now you know the Spanish word of the day, cuadril. All you need to do is to assess your patient's cuadril. See you in the next Q Weekly Spanish, por favor. Thank you. And now, for your sanity. This week, we bring you a riddle. Pay attention. A father and son were in a car accident where the father was killed. The son was brought by ambulance to the hospital in critical condition. The little boy was on the verge of death. He needed emergency surgery. The best trauma surgeon in town was called to the operating room. The surgeon came to the OR, looked at the little boy, and said, I can't operate on him. He is my son. Who is the doctor? If you thought the surgeon was the mother of the boy, you are correct. 
If you already knew the answer to this riddle, maybe you enjoy the twist that when this was told to a female surgeon, she also looked momentarily blank before being horrified by her reaction. Yes, we do have very competent trauma surgeons who are women. March 8th, 2020 was International Women's Day. For all those great women who listen to us, happy International Women's Day. And that's the end of Rio Bravo Q Week. We say goodbye from Bakersfield, a special place in the beautiful Central Valley in California, a land where the growing is happening everywhere. If you have any feedback about this podcast, please contact us by email rbresidency at clinicaseravista.org or by visiting our website rbfmrp.org backslash qweek. This podcast was created with educational purposes only. Visit your primary care physician for additional medical advice. Our podcast team is Dr. Hector Ariaza, Dr. Lisa Manzanares, Dr. Roberto Velasquez, Dr. Elisa Dermogerdichin, and content review is provided by Dr. Carol Stewart. See you next time.